This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Played a pretty good game, you know, all around. Like, gave up 14 shots, I think. Nine shots after two periods, but, you know, got to find a way to win it. Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You were headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. It's the day after a Blues game, and we all know what that means. That means it's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. The Blues coming off a huge win against the Stanley Cup champs, and they dominated the Capitals, which was great to see. But most of us were worried that they would come back and flop like they've been doing. When they have a huge win where they really dominate, the next game, they just don't seem to show up. But that would not be the case in this game. For about two and a half periods, the first two complete periods, the Blues just dominated. And in the third period, they had some lapses that would end up costing them the game. But when they came out on the ice, I was actually shocked at how good they were playing. They made the Islanders look bad. They were putting pressure on Leonard. They weren't making a bunch of mistakes. And they would get the first goal to go up one to nothing early in the first period. He looks out high, finds Pareko. That shot blocked. And now Pareko again to the net. And getting back to break it up was Bavillier. Now played back to Bullmeister. Shot in front, rebound. They score! Shen gets the rebound. And the Blues take a one nothing lead. And this line of short, Shen and Thomas knocking on the door in the last one. Colton Pareko's first shot was blocked. And he stayed with it. He's had a good start to this game. I thought that Thomas was going to fire that one, but give Bowmeister a lot of credit. He got that shot through the first layer. That's what the players have been working on and talking about. Schwartz in front of the net. He just punches it right over there to Shen for an easy empty net goal. Hard work in the offensive zone by Pareko, then Thomas. Thomas gets it to Bowmeister. Bowmeister shoots it towards the front of the net. Schwartz is there, gets it over to Shen. Leonard was on the other side of the net. Nothing Leonard could do. And Shin's all alone and puts it in. And the Blues are up one to nothing. That would be Shin's eighth goal of the year. Schwartz gets his 13th assist. Bullmeister gets his seventh assist. Four minutes, 11 seconds in. The Blues are up early. They really played well. If you did not get to see this game, you need to go back and watch it. Go back and watch the Capitals highlights. And then watch the first couple highlights of this game. They really played a dominating style hockey in the first period. But they weren't done scoring. Zach Sanford, who's been playing very well in San Antonio and who was recently called up, gets the Blues' second goal, 16 minutes, 37 seconds in, and the Blues are looking great, up two to nothing. Bozak trying to center it. Off a stick. And now Sanford again. To the back for Dunn. He's wide open, a shot. They score! Sanford, I believe! And it's two nothing. We said he could knock a lot of pucks out of midair, but again, a little stutter step by Vince Dunn results in a better lane. It does not get blocked in the boy, oh boy. I know it's a theme I'm reiterating a lot, but the Blues defenseman doing a much better job. And Sanford doesn't vacate the front of the net. It's a really, really good redirect. Great goal by Sanford. He's right there to deflect it. And let me tell you, even though Sanford's a young guy 
he's already being known for a guy that can deflect the puck. And, and that's great for a young guy because that's not the easiest thing to do. Great hand-eye coordination, and the Blues are up two to nothing. That goal by Sanford would be his fifth. Dunn gets his 14th assist. Bozak gets his 12th assist. 16 minutes, 37 seconds in on that goal. The Blues outshot the Islanders 10 to 6. Going into the second, could they continue to add to that? I thought the Blues dominated again in the second period. And that dominance started early. Just a minute and seven seconds in, Sunquist and Barbashev had a two-on-one breakaway. Sunquist takes a shot, but Leonard, who had a great game, makes a save, and it is still two to nothing blue. Bailey turned it over, and it's a two-on-one shorthanded. Sunquist with Barbashev. Sunquist to the backhand, and Leonard stayed with him on the near post. Huge save by Leonard as he just stayed right with the shooter and didn't give Sunquist a whole lot of options. I thought that was a pivotal time in this game. The Blues had a chance to go up three to nothing on that breakaway, but they were not able to get it past Leonard. And even though the Islanders only had two shots on goal, one of them would get past Jake Allen to make it two to one. Tarasenko knocked down along the boards, but while he was laying down, put a pass into the slot. Only Cal Clutterbuck was there. Dips it in around Gunnarsson. Clutterbuck back on it. Behind the net. Sezikis in front. Matt Martin, he scores! Matt Martin puts it right through Jake Allen. And the Islanders cut the Blues lead in half. A oh, huge play by the Islanders. And this is a goal that they practice with during practice, Brendan. And it's you chip the puck in, your other forward goes in behind the net, and the third forward goes to the front of the net. And this is perfectly, perfectly executed. Casey Sezikis is going to slide in behind the net. There he is. And then Martin's got to go to the front of the net, and there's the quick pass, and it just slides through the goaltender, Jake Allen. But that's a well-executed play that, as I said, they try to execute that every day in practice. It's just a safe play. Petrangelo, Bozak and Sanford were all in front of the net and Matt Martin was right in the middle of all three of them gets a pass I wouldn't say he was all alone but no Blues player took him out of the play and they allowed him to sit there and get the pass and put it past Jake Allen to make it a two to one game that goal by Martin would be his fifth of the year Tzizekas gets his sixth assist Clutterbuck gets his fifth assist two minutes 25 seconds in it's two to one and as I stated earlier the Islanders only got two shots on goal in that period to the Blues' eight. So the Blues did dominate once more in that second period. They didn't play strong defensively and take the man out, and that's what led to this goal. Heading into the third period, the Blues needed to keep the pressure on. Tarasenko would get a great opportunity against Leonard, but Leonard once again early in the period stood tall. Comes back forward, twists it away from Nelson. Cross-ice pass for Perron. Set up for Petrangelo, return to Perron. Backdoor feed, Tarasenko knocked down by Leonard, and he covers. Great save by Leonard as he able to go from left to right in a real hurry. That's where you got to have the strong leg, maintain your balance. It's something that the Mitch Korn works on every day with Robin Leonard. Good puck movement by the St. Louis Blues as Tarasenko lets that shot go. And Believe it or not, when Leonard was a free agent from Buffalo, the Blues had an opportunity to sign him as their backup. They could have got him very cheap, similar money to Chad Johnson, and we all see how that decision has worked out. Playing for Buffalo, they weren't good, and he really, really struggled. But against the Blues last night, he played very well. Going into the third, can the Blues hold on to that lead? Can they still dominate defensively? Kamaroff, Pearls looking for a pass. He finds Pellick off the bench. Adam Pellick to the front. Anders Lee can't turn it on goal. Hands off for Everly. Everly steps out, shoots, he scores! 
Bears. Jordan Eberle in his first game back has tied it for the Islanders. Well, the Islanders found a combination that works. They were able to get a little forecheck going. It started with really with it with Leo Komarov as he drove through the, the middle of the ice and pulled up. Able to get that pass all the way across to Pellock. Pellock does a smart thing. Just get it towards the net. Then it's Lee and Everly go to work. Jordan Everly keeps his feet moving and just gets the puck towards and you can tell he's a happy individual first game back coming off the injury and able to go short side off of the goaltender Allen. Everly skates behind the net comes out in front. Thomas thinks he's going to head down towards the circle, starts skating, leaning in that direction. Bertuzzo sees him going towards the front of the net. Nobody gets to him. Bertuzzo falls down, and he puts it between Jake Allen's arm and his chest to inner belly area. A bad defensive play, but a terrible goal to give up by Jake Allen. You've got to close that area down. You're taught early as a goaltender not to leave those holes like that, and Jake Allen did in this instance and we are now tied to each. That goal by Eberle would be his eighth goal of the year. Lee gets his 15th assist. Pellet gets his fifth assist. Eight minutes, 27 seconds in, the Islanders have tied it at two. I'm thinking while I'm watching the game, no big deal. It's tied. You're still playing pretty good defensively. You made a mistake on that one. Let's regroup, and let's put the pressure on them and start scoring some goals to put this game in your pocket. But that didn't happen. Just 11 seconds later, Johnny Boychek gets his third goal of the year to make it 3-2 to two Islanders. Both goals tonight for the Islanders have gone in the same spot on Jake Allen between the elbow and the midsection and just squeezed on through. They score again! Johnny Boychuk seconds later, and the Islanders take a 3-2 lead. Larry Trotz comes back with the Sezikas line, wanting to make sure that they did the right thing. And now Coach Barubi's calling timeout. I'm not sure why he's doing that, but he wants to maybe slow his troops down or maybe take another look as we watch this goal. Sezikas wins a draw. Letty, a simple play, gets the puck in, and the Islanders go to work on the forecheck. Clutterbuck takes the boards away. Sezikas back to Boychuk, and that's a great shot. Allen's way out. Might have been screened in front by Matt Martin. You cannot give up quick goals. It totally demoralizes the team. Jake Allen was screened on that one for sure. First two goals I put on Jake. That one screened and could not see it. I think if he could have seen it, he would have made the save. That goal by Boychek would be his third of the year. Sezikis, who had a great game for them, gets his seventh assist. Letty gets his 13th assist. Eight minutes, 38 seconds in, they're up three to two. But the Islanders were not done for the third period. 15 minutes, four seconds in, Anders Lee would give them a two-goal lead. Here's Anders Lee getting free with a look. Save. He gets his own rebound and scores. The captain puts in the goal that gives the Islanders a two-goal lead. Uh, just a huge goal for the Islanders. As I mentioned, after a big push by the St. Louis Blues, Anders Lee on the change is up on, the, on his left-hand side. His normal place takes a... Takes a good long pass from Taze. Bertuzzo gets beat, a shot, and then follow right up with the rebound. Doesn't go behind the net. So many guys circle. Anders Lee makes the shot and cuts in front of the net, looking for a rebound and able to tap it past the goaltender, Jake Allen. You cannot let a guy skate in on your goaltender like that. Terrible defensive play by the Blues, which led to Jake Allen making the first save, but Jake could not corral that rebound in. Jake has had huge issues recently with rebounds. 
He had an issue against the Capitals on one of their two goals where he allowed a rebound, and I believe it was Connolly got the rebound and scored. He's got to do better on rebounds, and the defense cannot have lapses like this. That goal by Anders Lee would be his 15th of the year. Taze gets his first assist. Mayfield gets his 12th assist. 15 minutes, 4 seconds in. It's 4-2. to two. It looked pretty bad for the Blues after this. But they fought back. They would pull Jake Allen, and they would get a goal to make it 4-3 to three by Ryan O'Reilly late in the game. To the back again. And now O'Reilly feeds it back. Someone's lost his stick. That's Komarov who's lost his stick. David Perron. And he waited too long. And then O'Reilly, and he scores off the back of the leg of Leonard. And it's 4-3. to three. Blues jam this one between the side of the body and the post on the short side. Ryan O'Reilly will get credit for this goal. Perron shot it. It got deflected off the end board. And by doing so, the goalie's got to respect the shot. Can't get his footing coming back to his right. And Ryan O'Reilly banks it right between the side of the body and right into the net. That was a definition of an ugly goal. However, regardless of whether it was a fluke or not, they're back in it now at 4-3 to three with a little under a minute and a half left. That goal by Ryan O'Reilly would be his 16th of the year. Perron gets his 15th assist. Tarasenko gets his 12th assist. 18 minutes, 27 seconds in. That would be as close as the Blues could get, and they lost this heartbreaker 4-3. to three. Let's go ahead and go over the stats. The Blues had 32 shots on goal, and the Islanders had 14. You heard me correctly, 14 shots on goal, and Jake Allen in the Blues allowed four goals. The Islanders won the faceoff battle 52% to 48%. The Islanders were 0 for 2 on the power play. The Blues were 0 for 5. That's got to get better. The Blues were out hit 21 to 12. Let's get into the postgame interviews. We're going to hear from Petrangelo, Jake Allen, and then Coach Berube on this loss. Yeah, I didn't think we had a chance in the third, too, to take the lead and tie it. And... Um, in the second, we had a lot of good shifts in the offensive zone. Just got to find a way to keep trying to bury teams when we got up by one or two. Did you, uh, did you see the, uh, the no goal on Tarasenko? Uh, I, I didn't. You can't. I didn't really look. You're looking at the jumbo trying, you can't see much. But I don't know. You guys probably had better look than I did. How bad is this one? Yeah, we played well last game, and then come into the third well, played well. Um, just gotta. It's those big breakdowns offensively we got to eliminate. Guys have an opportunity here at home, a big home stand. Have been able to take advantage of it? No, we've uh, we've built some good hockey here, but we can't win hockey games, and that's not good enough right now. We got to win hockey games. We can talk about playing well all we want, but um, all that matters right now are results. As the game goes on, can, can you sense momentum slipping away? Is there I didn't think they had much momentum there. We just made mistakes defensively that they capitalized on. I thought we spent pretty much most of the period in their end. Um, again, we just big breakdowns defensively. That can't happen. Yeah, I got just hit it by a hair on his toe there. Wide open net. If I get by him, I didn't think I could shoot it because he came out pretty far. So I uh, just need another, what, half a foot, and I got wide open net. Uh, no, you know, I thought the guys did a pretty good job, you know, the whole game. Um, you know, I got to be better than that in the third period for this team and um, lost form. Anyone else? Can you put your finger on why you guys can look so good and then have things, Alex just said, you know, breakdowns or the things fall apart? Is that more frustrating than just almost flatlining or almost playing 500 hockey? 
Yeah, because I see we're, you know, we're peaks and valleys, you know, instead of trying to keep it as, you know, uh, keep the ups and downs to a minimum. It, it's, uh, I think, you know, probably the last, I don't know how many exact number, but 10 games or so, we've been playing some pretty good hockey and we've had some moments where, yeah, we're, we don't look very good but at the same time. Uh, the majority of it's been pretty good. It's just we got those lapses are, uh, you know, proven costly, especially in the with the record we've had so far. Is there a common thread to the valleys, or in your words, the lapses? Mm, uh, it's been the same topic all year. I don't know if I can give another answer. To be honest, I wish I could. Where do you think the breakdown was? Honestly, Jerry, I couldn't tell you. It happens quick. I don't watch any of the videos. I'd have to watch it again. When, when they. We only had eight shots after two periods, but do you feel like feel like you were in control at that point as much as you had shut them down, as much as they had had so few chances? Um, you know, it was it was a weird game, I think, a little bit. You know, we, we had some opportunities. You know, I thought we carried the most the momentum of the play. Um, it's just, uh, you know, we were up 2-1 going into the third, no matter what the situation, how we were playing or not. I, it's, a, it's a good spot to be in and, you know, um, I got to be better. No, definitely. Um, <clears throat> played a pretty good game, you know, all around. Like, gave up 14 shots, I think. Nine shots after two periods, but, you know, got to find a way to win it. What did you see on that Well, I just. Looked like he turned to skate and directed it in. I guess that's why they probably disallowed it. Jake in there kind of took the onus on the, on the loss. Uh, what would you say about his, his plays and not Jake Allen? Well, I mean, he's been really good for us. I mean, look, he wants a couple of them back. But, uh, you know, we can do a little better, better job too. That's Defensively okay. there, you know. Petro talked about some breakdowns too defensively. Did you see that? A couple of well, there's a couple of breakdowns. There's always breakdowns in every game, but there's a couple of breakdowns, yes. Mr. Just got they got it deep right away again and got it to the to the to point too easily and, and shot it and you know and it went in. I mean that's all I that's that's all I saw. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't. I don't believe they weren't ready. You know, they they won the draw and got it in, and you know, we got to do a better job. That's all. I don't think they weren't ready. Was the bench deflated after that? Actually, no. I thought that um, I called that timeout, and I thought they were they were pretty good, and and we we're we we're going to give ourselves a chance. You know, um, you know, we got that third one and. We had some good life, I thought. Um, you know, I thought we had we attacked, you know, which is good. You know, I liked our game tonight. I mean, we played a good game, but we, the results, that's what it's all about, and we didn't get the result. Obviously, you give up 14 shots. You're, you're thinking you're going to win the game, right? Yeah. But stuff happens sometimes, so, um, you know, we, we let this one slip away. You had this is the sixth time you've had a 2-0 lead and it has slipped away and it's lost. Is it, I, mean, I guess the phrase that always comes up is not keeping your foot on the gas. But I didn't find that we didn't keep our foot on the gas. Yeah. So today, you know, 
I mean, the first shot in the third period was a goal. So, you know, they didn't even have a shot up till then. What did you guys think of the post-game interviews? Do you think that Berube, Petrangelo, and Allen were on the same page and, and seen the same game? I think there's a disconnect, personally. Petrangelo brings it out. They had some times where they played bad defensively, which in my mind would be called a lapse. Craig Berube says there were no lapses. He starts of his portion in their view by saying they had a good game. A good game is when you're strong in all facets of the game. Yeah, you may have mistakes, but you don't allow glaring mistakes. And three out of the four goals were glaring mistakes. Three out of the four goals, in my mind, were Jake Allen's fault. Were they the result of a defensive lapse? Yes, they were. So it starts off with a defensive lapse, and then Jake can't make the saves, which he should make, or he makes the initial save on the one goal, but he allows a rebound. So Jake played bad, and he even said it. He come right out and said it. This was a bad game for him. First two periods are pretty good. He wasn't tested a lot. I will tell you, when you don't get a lot of shots as a goaltender, you kind of are rusty. You need to be tested somewhat. Am I giving Jake an excuse because his team allowed a low amount of shots? No, I am not. 14 shots on goal and four goals given up is terrible. Regardless of whether it's bad defensive lapses on their own or regardless of whether you give up four goals on 14 shots. They played a very, very strong two periods and I would say about seven minutes out of the third period. Although there was a loss, there were some positives to take out. The defense played awesome in the first two periods. I don't want to be totally negative on this, but I just think there's a disconnect. Players are taking responsibility for lapses. Jake's taking responsibility for giving up those goals. But Coach Berube says they played a good game. He doesn't think there were lapses. What does that tell you? It tells you, as I said, there is a disconnect. The coach thinks they played good and didn't have what he would call lapses. The players think they played good, but they had lapses, which cost them the game. They're seeing this game differently. Your players and your coach cannot see a game differently. They played great against the Capitals. They played great in the first two periods against the Islanders. Let's hope that they can continue to do that more often than not. If they play great 47 minutes out of most games, they're probably going to win a lot of them. But it's those other 13 minutes where the lapses are so bad it causes you to lose. As I said in the press conference, there's going to be mistakes. Anybody that watches a hockey game and thinks the team is not going to make a mistake in a game that could cost them a goal doesn't know hockey. It's how you respond to those mistakes. It's how your goalie responds. It's how your defense responds. Do they take a two-on-one breakaway and stop the play? Do they take a breakaway and Jake makes the save? That's the difference. Do they make a bad pass, but they make up for it by somebody on the team coming in and getting that guy off the puck or not allowing him to take the shot, or if he takes the shot, Jake makes the save. It's how you respond to those mistakes and your actions thereafter. They will be playing the Flyers tomorrow night. Uh, the Flyers are another team that's up and down and struggling. Their goalie, Hart, has been playing very well. He's a young kid. He's played great since he's come up. 
and the Blues are going to have to play well against him. They're going to have to put a lot of pressure on him. You've got to do that against any goaltender, but especially against young goaltenders like him. A lot of people are upset that Schmaltz was put on waivers. I am a little upset about that because I don't think he was given the proper opportunity. They've put Dunn in, and Dunn's a great player, and I'm not saying that Schmaltz is going to be as good of a player as Dunn, but I think he's got some good upside. He's a young guy. It takes some young guys to learn. Was Chris Pronger a great defenseman in his first two years with the Whalers? No, he was not. He made a lot of mistakes. In fact, with the Blues, his first little bit, he made mistakes. Defense is hard to play in this league. Very few guys come in and dominate. I would have given him more of a chance. But it is what it is. So let's see where they go from here. I know that Armstrong is still taking offers for Shannon Tarasenko. That's going to upset people. I understand that. But you've got to look at it this way. Braden Shin has already made it known he doesn't want to re-sign with the Blues. So why not get something while you can for him? Is he one of the few guys that shows up every night and works hard? Yes. But we not only have to look at this season, we got to look forward to the next couple seasons. If they can improve their team by trading someone, then they've got to do it, regardless of who it is. Now, if they trade somebody just to be trading them, and they don't get a decent return, then no, I, I think it's stupid to do it. You wait and trade him till next year. Maybe you'll get more for him. Maybe you'll get less. But Boston is definitely in play for Braden Shin. Petrangelo, Toronto's looking at him hard. They've made a couple offers to the Blues. But Armstrong's trying to hold out for more. The Penguins have even inquired about Petrangelo. I don't know if that's really realistic. But I think that would be a very good fit. The Hurricanes really want Tarasenko. They feel they've got to do something to bring in some more scoring. There's even a little bit of talk of Tarasenko to the Capitals. I think he would thrive on the line with Alex Ovechkin. But the key is here, guys. You hate to lose a Shin. You hate to lose a Tarasenko. You hate to lose a Petrangelo. But if it makes your team better in the long run, You've got to do it. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of The Drop. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, and let's go Blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email the Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.